want to bring my greetings to everyone, those who of us who are physically present and those who are watching us online. As Pastor has said, we uh, come back to our spiritual emphasis campaign. Uh, last Sunday, we took a short break because we were doing uh, the Easter uh, celebrations as we celebrated the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so today we come back to what we had started about two weeks ago. And just like Pastor has mentioned, this is the third uh, session. And uh, today we will be looking at the theme, Made to Love More. And our text for this uh, particular sermon uh, is going to be taken from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 uh, to 21. And just before we get into the details of it, uh, from what we have learned before uh, about the fact that we who are born again, uh, those who love the Lord, we have been called by the Lord, which we are calling to, which we are calling our primary call, that each one of us who is born again, that's a primary call. And then we also need to remember that we have a secondary call. And that secondary call is now where we want to look at the aspect of loving. And there is so much that the Bible talks about loving, right from Genesis uh, to Revelation. And probably more specifically, the famous scripture, the verse that is known by most of us, John 3.16, where the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So the concept of love is one of those scriptures, uh, one of the concepts in the work of faith that is very important for us to be able to practice because we are loved by God and God has, lo has loved us. We also must love and so we should continue to love according to the scriptures. Now, when we, as we do this book, uh, Made for More, one of the things that you need to keep studying and understanding is that the different authors that have contributed to this book have, are bringing in some quite interesting insights that we really need to appreciate. Uh, and I would just want to capture three things that we are going to derive from this uh, uh, study for today. That the move is the motivation to love. And each believer must be motivated to love at whatever level, at whatever context. Then the shift is to move from guilt to more love. And this is one of the things that we as a body of Christ must appreciate. That the Lord forgave us our sins. And I always appreciate the scripture that says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he forgave us our sins, even before we came to the personal knowledge of him. But it's a little bit pathetic in some situations that there are people who are born again, yet they continue to live under guilt. Allow me to suggest to you and to remind you that you need to move from that point of view to be able to start to continue to love because you have been forgiven. And the Bible is very clear that when you, the Lord forgives us, he forgives us and forgets our sins. Now, the big idea is that we, as the body of Christ, which is the church, is that we have been made to love more. So, uh, our emphasis for today's uh, lesson is we want to look at two aspects. Why should we love more? And then, how do we love more? 
because that is basically the application of it. And uh, just before I do that, allow me to read the reference scripture, which is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 to 21. And I am reading from the NIV version. The Bible says, this is Paul writing to the church of Ephesus. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Verse 19. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now that is the text that we base our lesson today. And I want to take the next few minutes to highlight a few thoughts. And like I have just explained that we want to first of all understand why under this study of the spiritual emphasis campaign, why are we saying we have been made for more? Why are we called to do more? And now, why are we called to love more? I want us to take note of the following. That one, as a Christian, born again, loving the Lord, you have to allow the love of God to fill you. And this comes because you have yielded yourself to Christ. And remember, the love of God drew you to Christ. And because of that, that love ought to fill you. And how does it do that? It's by faith, the love of God. And when it fills you, it even overflows from you or through you. Now, that is the, one of the reasons why we must love more. Why? Because we need to allow the love of God to fill us. The second thing is that God's love is the only sufficient motivation for our mission to do more. Now, remember this. There is nothing you and I who are born again and who love the Lord, including those who, are not, who have not given their lives to Christ, can do other than what God enables us to do. And it is important to appreciate that God's love is the only sufficient motivation. In other words, now that God loved us, now that God has loved us this much, to the extent of sending Christ to die on the cross for our sins, then you should be motivated as a Christian to love. It may not be easy, I'm not suggesting it is, but what I'm suggesting is that because of God's love, then that should be the motivation for you to love more. The other one, the other reason is that you should be able to express the fullness of Jesus Christ to others. And the simple question is, how would you do that? 
One of the ways, among many others, that we may consider later on, is by expressing love. Now, church, I want to bring to your attention again that one of the things we must all appreciate is that love can be demonstrated. And you demonstrate love by acts of kindness and acts of doing. And that's why we are saying you can express love to the other person. And they don't have necessarily to be believers as you are. Even the ones who are not born again. We actually need to express that love. Remember Jesus telling his disciples that in, it should be in the gospel of John. That love one another for by this the world will know that you are truly my disciples. So one of the other motivations is that we need to express that fullness of Christ to others. And we can only do this by loving the Lord and loving God's people. Now, let's also appreciate that the other motivation will be if you are to grow in the fullness of Christ, you need to be a disciple who loves as Christ loves. Our best example, our best model is none other than Jesus Christ. And that's why we have been called to be disciples. And I love especially uh, the way our, our vision is as, as a church and our emphasis, especially on discipleship, that we are saying we want to be disciples who make disciples. And because of that, then they will allow us to be able to grow and even to be able to love more. You remember this analogy that has always been given, that if you are hungry and you have food, and you have to your fill, and you don't tell the other person who is hungry, then you are not loving that person. But if you are hungry and you have food, and then you can reach out to the other person who doesn't have, that's an aspect of loving. And there are a lot of examples that we can allude to, but maybe in the interest of time, we may not go into all those directions. The other aspect of loving more is that then after we become disciples of Christ, then we make, take a, make a deliberate effort to do the mission that we have been called into. And that is to evangelize, to tell others about Christ. That is an aspect of demonstrating God's love. And that is very important. And therefore, wherever you are, even in this season where, according to the guidance we have been given by our government, that we may not be able to be gathering physically as we may desire, and soon we pray that we shall be able to do that, uh, I would want to encourage all of us, wherever you are, take a moment, share the love of God with whoever is near you. And sometimes we assume the people who we are with, that they actually know about Christ. Maybe I want to give you a challenge and ask you to take it up. Just find out from the person who could be seated next to you, or someone whom you are likely to interact in the next few couple of days, and then try to, under, to see whether they actually understand what salvation is all about. And remind them that Christ came and died for them because he loved them. And that's why John 3.16, the very famous scripture, which is taught especially in Sunday school, is applicable in those days and even today. That for God so loved the world that he gave, so we also should be able to give our love to the people around us. Now, the scripture we have read also 
gives us reasons why we should laugh. And allow me in the next few minutes to go verse by verse and bring out some of the key points that uh, the, the scripture is going to bring to us to be able to appreciate how we can be able to love more. Now verse 16 reads, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. I want to submit to us that from this portion of scripture, for you to be able to love more, you need spiritual strength in your inner being. And allow me to suggest to you that that will not happen unless you allow Christ to dwell in you richly. And as you do that, you get the inner strength. And also allow me to suggest to you that one of the things in this life and in this planet are that we live on. It is not easy to love. It's not easy. And I'm not in a way suggesting it is easy. And that's why the Bible is encouraging us that for us to be able to love, we need spiritual strength. And that spiritual strength can only come from the Lord. Then verse 17 continues to say, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, of course connecting with verse 18, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Specifically from verse 17, we can derive this, that we should allow Christ to dwell richly in us through faith. And maybe for just a bit of clarity, remember faith is what connects us with God, nothing else. And so we should allow Christ to dwell in us richly. You cannot love if Christ is not in your heart. You cannot love. It's impossible. It's difficult. Number two, from the same scripture, verse 17, we must also be rooted and established in love. And I want you to think about a plant. When you plant, say, a flower, you have to ensure that the roots are well grounded and as you water it and with time it starts growing, it gets established. Similarly, we in church and we in Christ ought to be rooted and established in love. In other words, your foundation is the love of God. And as you do that, you can then be able to love more. Then verse 18, which, I, which is tied to verse 17, is that we must also let God give us the enablement. I'm calling it God's enablement to love. Depending on your experience, I would want to tell you, if the Lord does not enable you to love, it's not easy, but it is possible. So here we are being encouraged that we may have power together with all the saints. Now that power is God's enablement for you to be able to love. And I sometimes like saying this when you think about love in all dimensions. You must also love the unlovable. You know, there are people, as you interact with on, in this planet Earth, they are very hard to love. So you may say those ones cannot be loved. But the Bible encourages us, and the word of God is very clear, that we must love all because God is love. Then the other aspect is that the love of God, as you read these words, the width, the length, the height, and the depth, 
it is to tell us that it is very comprehensive. And this reminds me of the song we like singing in Swahili. Upendo wa mungu baba. Waeza kwenda juu, waeza kwenda chini, na upande upande. I mean, it goes to every dimension. And therefore, you as a believer, you need to be able to, to let the Lord and make you understand that this love has no limit. Remember, we were actually born again, not because we were the best. And I don't want to imagine there is anybody who can stand anywhere in this planet Earth and portray or purport to say they had done something good, that's why they, 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 they got the love of God. No. Actually, we were sinners, and the Bible is very clear on that. So being sinners, then the only thing that can cover our sins uh, is the love of God. Then verse 19, the Bible says, After we have under grasped and understood the width, the length, the height and the depth of the love of Christ. And we need to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So as to be able to be filled to the fullness of God. Church and people of God. God's love surpasses common knowledge. God's love surpasses what we know. In fact, I don't want to think that I also understand it all. No, I am yet to understand. With all the learning that there is on planet Earth, we may not be able to understand what it is. Just a moment and a thought. How does the love of God apply now that we just celebrated Easter, how does the love of God apply to the people who crucified Christ? I mean, that's beyond knowledge. In my view, it's not easy. And today, as we live on planet Earth, you will hear people who will actually ridicule Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that God still loves them. By the way, when the Bible says, for God so loved the world, please understand the world does not refer to trees and God's creation. No. The world refers to the human being. Because that is what is the world for God. And that's why the Bible says, go into all the world. We don't preach to trees. No, we don't. Thank God for his creation. It's wonderful. But the world is the human race. The one that has been created in the image, in the likeness of God. So it's not easy to understand some of these things. But we should allow the Holy Spirit to help us. The other thing is that we must desire to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And allow me to submit to us that that is not an easy exercise. You must learn to yield your life on a daily basis. Now, another thing from that scripture, verse 20 and 21, is that we can be able to love more by trusting Jesus Christ. When I read this scripture and I study this text that we are studying, it is very evident to me that as the Lord desires me to love, it's not easy by my own effort. It's not easy by my own ability. One thing that is important, and I want to encourage each one of us to consider that, 
is that we must trust Christ. Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Allow me, I prefer the King James Version for that verse. I always love the words where the Bible says, Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. I, I, I like those words. They, they resonate more with me. And I'm not trying to suggest that immeasurable more than doesn't make sense. But I prefer the exceedingly abundantly above. This is to remind us as the church and as the children of God that that which we may think is not possible, humanly speaking, it is possible because we trust Christ. And that's why I'm saying one of the ways of being able to love more is by us trusting Christ. Now remember, this scripture is telling us that Christ is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask. Do you have somebody you need to love? And it's difficult? Ask him. He'll give you the grace and the ability. It is even assuring us that he can do even more that we can, than we can imagine. Just like what I've just posted a moment ago. How does the love of Christ apply to the people who crucified him? Including Judas, who was his disciple for the three years period and finally betrays him. Does that love apply? Does this love apply to the sinners that we know in this planet Earth? Does it apply to people who murder others? And especially in our day and age, does it apply? My simple response is yes. Can you love such people? As a human being, it may be difficult. But is it possible? Yes. By the grace of God that God gives to us. And how does that happen? It is because there is a power that works within us. Amen. You know, when you start understanding the word of the Lord and applying it to your life, then you realize that you are not as limited as you may want to think. So we really want to thank God that we can trust Christ to be able. Bottom line, what then should we do as we love and love more? Is that we should be able to give him the glory that belongs to him. Remember this church and people of God. That our loving the people of God is not for our own benefit. It is because we are obeying what the Lord has told us to do. And whatever we do should always give him the glory. We don't love so that we get back. Remember in the book of Matthew, uh, when Jesus was talking about giving, he was saying when you give, don't expect back. Of course, you'll get your reward if you expect something back. The best giving is why you give and you don't expect back. So in loving, don't expect to be loved, but love. If you are loved, Praise the Lord. That will still be quite in order for the glory of God. I want to bring this uh, session to a close by going quickly through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8 and verse 13. Now that we know why we should love and we know how we should love, allow me to remind us what the Bible from Paul's epistles of Paul, as Paul was writing to the book, to the church in Corinth, about love. And I will read 
First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8, and then verse 13. The Bible says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It is not, it, it keeps no record of wrongs. Verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And then verse 8, love never fails. Amen. You know, that is what love is. You need to appreciate that. Now, for you to be able to love more, you need to get back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to verse 8. And look at the characteristics of love. And I want to encourage you that if you check how you love vis-a-vis -vis this scripture, then you can be able to know whether you are loving more as the Lord desires of us. But then verse 8 has something in addition to the fact that love does not fail. I continue reading. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And then verse 13, I skipped the other verses deliberately. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of this is love. Church, that's why we have been called to love more. Because love is the greatest. It is love that holds the universe together. It is love that makes us to be who we are. And there is, there is no other better way to explain life without love. Of course, I don't have time to explain to you how also love has been misused in the society. But for now, allow us just to concentrate on what the word of the Lord is telling us. We are because of love. And that love is very important. It will make us to love the Lord. It will make us to love our neighbors. It will make us to give ourselves, give our resources. I mean, it will make you love, as they say, will make you do things you may not do if you didn't have love. And that's why Paul, as was writing to the church in Corinth, was able to remind them that yes, faith is important, hope is important, and love is important. But the greatest of the three is love. They are all important for us to walk the walk of faith, but love is important. So as we continue in this uh, uh, Made for More series in the next uh, three Sundays, I believe we'll be able to apply this. And I want to invite us as we continue to ask the Lord to help us to put into practice to love more. And I want to promise you after this sermon and after this message that the Lord will give you an experience. And I look forward to a time when we can share those testimonies and say, yeah, surely after I listened and I was challenged to love more, the Lord gave me an experience that actually checked whether I'm loving more or not. And this is possible because the Lord will enable us to do that. Thank you very much. The Lord bless you. Wish you a blessed week. And may the Lord keep you and keep us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so grateful that you have brought this word to us and you have reminded us about your love. And through this word of love, 
we appreciate that this is what keeps us going even today. Because you demonstrated this love yourself as our creator, as our God, by giving your only begotten son to come and die for us because of love. And Father, the same love, when it reached into our hearts, into our spirits, you made us understand you and we therefore gave our lives to you. While at the same time we know that there are many who may not have given their lives to you, but we know that your love is still available. And Lord, you have called upon us through this lesson that we need to love and love even more. And therefore, Father, we ask that as we continue in our work of faith and in the course of this week and the days thereafter, you'll give us those opportunities where we can demonstrate this love to human race. Because as we do that, then we love you. We honor you, Lord, and we bless you. For we pray this by faith and with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. 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 Thank you and God bless you. Bye-bye.